Hello and welcome to the HGA Book Club. My name is Summer O'Toole. I am a romance author and now podcaster. I am Kelsey, otherwise known as Best Friend Kelsey on social media. And we have a super special guest who we are so excited. Sarah is here with us from Outlander TikTok. Hello. Thank you, ladies, for having me on here. So we are going to be talking about Highlander romances. It would be an absolute crime to do Highlander romances and not talk about Outlander and everything Jamie Fraser. So me and Kelsey both read different Highlander books and they were okay. So this is mostly probably just going to be an Outlander focused episode. (laughs) Before we dive into that, I want to remind everybody listening that we do still have a giveaway going on in our Facebook group. So if you leave a review for this podcast, wherever you listen to your podcast, screenshot it and post it in our Facebook group, the HEA Book Club with Summer O'Toole. You'll be entered into the giveaway, which has super amazing things. A Kindle, Kindle's unlimited subscription, Audible subscription, signed paperbacks, the works. Let's just jump right into our weekly hots. Kelsey, do you want to go? Sure. So I had a interesting week. I went out to the bar on Saturday with my friends and I ran into this guy in line going into the bar and we like connected for a minute, but then it was like, eh, you know, I got to go hang out with my friends. I'll see you around if I see you around. Turns out that we definitely saw each other around and we had some sparks fly. So we exchanged numbers and he texted me the next day and he's like, Hey, do you want to go on a date? And I'm like, it's my free day. I'm not doing anything. Sure. Why not? We went on a date to this nice little restaurant in town, had a great time, hit it off. We were at this restaurant for three hours and then we went to a bar for another hour. So just like 10 out of 10, everything was great. Chemistry was flying. I had to go back home. You know, it was like, you know, the end of the day. He walks me back to my truck and before I know it, he takes me by my hips, just like hoists me up and drops me right on my toolbox. And I'm like, I'm sorry. What's happening right now? We are in a public place, but holy moly, did it just get turned up That's about like a good five feet? I know. He was so strong. Oh, so he lifts me up. I'm having an absolute moment. I'm turning red as I speak and <laughs> out for like a minute and it was it was good. I mean, I just I don't have words for it. It was so good. <laughs> I can't believe I missed this. I was out of power for like 48 hours. during this time so usually I'd get a play-by-play and this is all news to me does he have a nickname your new beau oh god I was thinking about it before and I haven't figured it out yet to be figured out toolbox man (laughs) oh god we can do better than that we'll have to scheme it up later (laughs) my weekly hot is much more tame I'm in the North Carolina mountains right now me and two other couples came up here for just kind of a fun little weekend and we got snowed in. We lost power for 48 hours and that was actually one of the questions I wanted to talk about later is do you think you would make it if you went back in time <laughs> to 17, 1700s Scotland? And my answer, I think after 48 hours without power, <laughs> snowed in, would be no. <laughs> the hot part of that was we had to, you know, get cozy, snuggle up, and it was just, there was a lot of nice, you know, like, huga moments, even if we were freezing and relying on body to keep us warm. <laughs> but there's something romantic about being exposed to the elements a little bit more. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're like, oops, I guess we have to get close. 
I'm rewatching from season one in Outlander because March 6th is the release for season six. So if you would, you know, if you start now, you'll be caught up in time to have another rewatch in before the next season. So the first season of Outlander is pretty steamy. And that's probably all I can say as far as my weekly hot goes right now. (laughs) The wedding, the wedding episode, my comfort episode. Yes. One of the reasons why I got most recently into reading romances and interested in it was several years ago, I read the first Outlander and I was just like beside myself and I was waiting to get, (laughs) I was waiting to get the second book from the library because it was on hold. And I was like, what am I going to do for two weeks? I like devoured the first book. So I was just searching, you know, Highlander romances, what to read after you (laughs) watch Outlander and read Outlander and then I started reading more historical romances then I decided to write one then got on spicy book talk and got into dark romances and mafia romances and now I started a podcast so thank you Diana (laughs) I think she's inspired a lot of people to do a lot of things whether she knows it or not Here's maybe where I'll expose myself as an imposter to you guys. (laughs) I am really not much of a reader. I don't know that I've read a book cover to cover since I had to for projects in school, honestly, but I love having shows on or watching. I get really into TV series and the way that I was kind of introduced to Outlander was a friend of mine had told me that her favorite book series is being made into a show and is going to be on Netflix. And as soon as she mentioned time travel, I was like, that doesn't sound (laughs) like it's for me. I'm not into sci-fi. And it popped up on my like suggested feed for Netflix. And I started it and yeah, it's just (laughs) really (laughs) taking me into a downward spiral. I definitely tried to read the books and I was into book one quite a ways but I'm currently in college and I have two little girls and I'm married. I have a household and it's just a lot. And I feel like I want to dedicate time to these books because they're so intense and there's a lot of content in them. So I would like to dedicate time to it. And I I might wait till the series is over so that I have that to look forward to because I'm afraid I won't know what to do with myself if I just read the books and watch the series at the same time. Sounds like you have a good strategy, like a very, very good strategy for this. Thank you. (laughs) A lot of people freak out when they realize I've not read the books and I have like a fan page and stuff. And they're like, how do you call yourself an Outlander fan? And I'm like, I mean, it's still a good show, even if it's just the show that you're talking about. I joined like some book clubs for the series. So I know what happens in a lot of these books, but to read them myself, I just feel like they deserve a dedicated set of amount of time, if that makes sense. So, but I have also found myself on spicy book talk somehow. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And let me tell you, it might turn me into a reader pretty quick. (laughs) (laughs) Summer, your books as well. I've got to check these out now. (laughs) I feel like with Outlander, me and Kelsey tried to buddy read it. We got up to the fifth book. Mm -hmm. They, they are very dense and the writing is very unique that Mm -hmm. it takes a little bit to get into like the cadence and especially in the later books when it's like switching perspectives so it's kind of hard to like pick up and put down pick up and put down so I totally agree with you that like you 
you might be best off just waiting till you have, you know, maybe no power for 48 hours like me. (laughs) But the series also follows the show or the books really well. Mm-hmm. So it's not like you're getting an entirely different storyline. I was thinking about it, Summer, and what really started this current podcast is the fact that we decided to create our little book club, Reading Outlander. Mm-hmm. It's just kind of special. And I was I'd be terrible at keeping to the schedule. Maybe. But, you know, we got a podcast now, so we're, we're sticking yeah. with it. <laughs> and I did almost finish the book for this week. <laughs> Speaking of, I read Gladiator Highland Gladiator, and I would give this book a six out of ten. I'm a little torn on it because I feel like anything below a six is a negative experience, but it's been a fine experience. So basically, let me get into the plot. There are these two neighboring clans in the Highlands. It's set in the 1400s, so you centuries before Outlander. So there's these two neighboring clans, the Keiths and the Lindsays. The book starts with the two main characters, Isabel and Lore, meeting when they were kids in like a brief a brief run-in. And then the book fasts forward to like 10 or 15 years ahead and they see each other again. And he is like awestruck by her and they start this mini courtship. But soon after they start that, his lore's whole village gets like burned to the ground and raided and his grandfather who raised him was killed that's what he believes but you also know that his grandfather is still alive because the people who raided his lands the Lindsays, dressed up as the keiths who are like the neighboring clan and like basically burned their own village to the ground in order to stir up trouble because they want the keiths land back that's a um, so make. That's a heck of a what? That's a heck of a move to make to burn down your own land. Like talk about yeah, <laughs> yeah. Very much like the one evil, you know, chieftain who is is compared to like the good guy. There's mm-hmm. the good guys and bad guys, but there's a secret Ludus called Ludus Caledonia, which is near Edinburgh, and it's basically a fighting guild where they train men who want to be soldiers or warriors and they host gladiatorial games and people can gamble on them they're not fought to the death or people can also go there and hire well-trained warriors so that's what happens is the Keiths go there to hire someone because they realize that they have an issue with the Lindsays. the Lindsays are trying to frame them and are going to start you know harassing their lands even more so they find lore and they bring him back or things that the Lindsays, you know, had killed everybody. He finds out that they that they hadn't, and now they're like going to take down the Lindsays together. So I don't know if that if you followed that, but basically, it was that's, that makes it sound much more complicated than it is. It was actually a very easy read. There wasn't really anything where there was a holdup. You know, there was this mis this slight misunderstanding where Lore thought that it was the Keiths who burned down his village. Um, but they didn't actually, that quickly gets cleared up. Um, you know, he, he struggles a little bit at first with the fighting guild, but then that quickly gets cleared up and he is like one of the best fighters. Everything kind of just goes a little too smoothly. Mm-hmm. Um, so there wasn't any really big conflict, nothing like the Wentworth prison. <laughs> it was all very kind of smooth sailing. Even their relationship 
there wasn't really any backbone or real reason why they were so into each other. It was basically they ran into each other again 10 years later. And he was like, it's only you. I'm, <laughs> I love you. <laughs> sure. Why not? Yeah. So and like, is that, is that going to happen at my 10 year high school reunion? Like <laughs> someone just picks me. Eh, why not? See you again. <laughs> yeah. It was, it, so it's a very easy read. I would, I would recommend it to anybody who does not want to go through the emotional roller coaster that some books are. If you want something that is just a sweet, cozy, historical, this would be it. Six out of 10, two out of five spice. There really isn't much to say other than it was just an easy, cozy read. It's a very nice way to put it. <laughs> <laughs> I am ready to absolutely read my book. I don't know if you're done, Summer, but like everything that you said, like mine's the opposite. I would, I'm, I'm done. I have some quotes pulled out, but they're, Are you they're sure? not even that great. <laughs> yeah, like I was trying to scroll through. Usually I have like 20 plus highlighted quotes. Like five. Oh. So the main character, though, she was one of those girls that's like, likes to fight and is, you know, raised by brothers. So she's like that strong female character that's not like the other girls. Mm-hmm. But it isn't, it isn't as miserable as like, I'm not like the other girls. So it's a little better, a little better done than other books when the main character is like a pick me girl and it, no one else is like her. And she's so cool. <laughs> Mm, that's a good point, though. We've hit, we've definitely hit a couple of books where there's just like an amazing female characters, and then like super strong. They are different, but it's not. They can be obnoxious, or either they can't. So I think you you nailed that on the head. Oh, okay. So my book this week was His Highland Queen by Dahlia Rose, and I don't want to ream this book as hard as I'm about to because I know that Dahlia Rose is a good author. They have better books, but I think this was maybe one of the first books. I think it was self-published. There was a lot of spelling errors and I, I just have a thing for that. Like a strong, like, I just, I know someone could have looked over it, but like, it was like words were like misplaced. Like instead of four, there was fear, you know, just like little things like that, where I'm like, you just typed it so fast, which I can appreciate, but also like you didn't check your work and that's going to just bother me. Um, Are you sure it wasn't like accented? 100% because I really wanted to like the book. So I tried really hard, but it happened like 10 times where I'm like, this ain't it. (laughs) But that's a good point because sometimes it's accents and I just, I just don't understand. Okay. So overall premise of the book is that there's this very independent woman named Bridget. She was once the Queens of England's pet was seen as like a commodity. So she was taken from her parents when she was four years old, brought over from her current Island to England to live with the queen in the palace and like become trained to be entertaining for lack of better words. So lots of trauma there. This woman, she manages to go back to her home Island where she establishes like a really wealthy sugar cane business from herself. So she's doing great. Unfortunately, she pisses off the wrong people. And then she all of a sudden gets this like death threat on her head. And these people are like, marry us. So that way we can get your lands over in Scotland, which was a gift from the queen back when she was like 18, or we're going to kill you essentially. So all these really nasty guys were trying to get her. And then here walks in Finn, you know, our hero of the story, who is Scottish, whose lands that this strong independent woman, Bridget, like Bridget has these lands, but they're truly 
heritagely, I don't know if that's a word, they they belong to Finn. So Finn's like, I'm going to marry Bridget because that way I can get my lands back. Right, Sarah, I see your face. Like, not great. None of this is great. No, but I get it. Okay, I, I'm, I'm now I'm invested. I might have to read this book. I know. I know. I'm like, wait, where are we? Where's the back part? Oh, I'm, I guess, I'm making I'm it waiting, sound better than it is. I'm waiting for the, the plummet, like you had said. <laughs> okay, so that was all the most exciting thing. She gets chloroform. She gets thrown onto a ship. She gets told that she married Finn, even though they never married. He just, like, forged her signature. She goes over back across the sea to Scotland where the entire time she just has like the worst PTSD and trauma because she was super traumatized from her ship riding back and forth. So there's like a little bit on like the trauma, but it's like, I'm okay. So if I'm Bridget, it's like all of a sudden I'm having PTSD. I'm reliving the worst moments of my life. And oh no, look, there's Finn. Like I love him. Even though he just chloroformed me literally a day and a half ago, I'm just going to love him immediately. And that's where I was like, I know this is not flying for me. Mm -mm, Not in the slightest. Yeah. So Finn's only interest is getting his land back and not her at all. Great question. He actually does love her. And he loves the fact that she's like a spitfire and has made a name for herself. But the whole book was just such smooth sailing that it was just not super convincing just like really not convincing like i appreciate that it is the happily ever after that we want he got his lands she got a family they love each other even though it was a relationship built on deception but like i just i was so mad reading the book like i literally Mm -hmm. rated it a two out of ten and that is that is a low low blow on my end and then the spice which like maybe sometimes maybe the plot isn't your thing but the spice is like no the spice was a one out of ten I quivered as I felt their member in the globes of my breast. And I'm like, Mm-mm. stop, no, stop. It's, it's, no. It's sad because I feel like the basis of the story has such good potential. It did. It really did. Oh, dang it. Let me see. I'm looking up this. I'm looking up the book. Cause I wonder if it's like really old. Like if it's one of those eighties books. It sounds like where it. it's like a Fabio. Yeah, <laughs> I think it and is. The- published in 2020 no you're kidding lies maybe they republished maybe everyone just their jaws just hit the floor (laughs) you guys the cover looks like it's from the 70s or 80s so that's what i want to hold on to i've seen like a mass market book oh so would not recommend at the end of the day i was trying to find a quote they're terrible i mean you heard some of the lines that i just memory from memory just quoted to you like not great I will say, though, that when I was looking for a Hayland romance and I was, for whatever reason, struggling, I hit up not my local librarian, but my favorite librarian. Shout out to librarian Matt. And he totally hooked me up. So I just want to say, like, PSA to everyone. Whenever you need to find a book, just call your local librarian. That's what they're there for. They're going to help you out. So maybe this book wasn't a winner, but I'm definitely hitting up Matt again. So thank you for that. <laughs> yeah. Reminds me of when we were doing our episodes on enemies to lovers. And one of the things we talked about was that there has to be a believable reason for them to have this like enemy ship, which sounds like there is. He core formed her, is marrying her for her land. But there also then has to be a believable redemption arc and a path for them to like fall in love and go from enemies to lovers where it's not just like you're saying she wakes up after being kidnapped basically and is like stop 
<laughs> I love you. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Good points. Good points. Okay. Like the one positive is reading this and knowing that we were about to meet you, Sarah, and talk about Outlander was that all of my positive Outlander memories were coming through and the gaps in the story on the Scottish side, I was like, oh no, I know what it looks like because I've seen Outlander and I've read Outlander. So like, at least I'm filling in the blanks myself and it's more enjoyable. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Yeah. And the cover, I remember when you sent it to me, I was like, is that Lollybrook? I think the, on the cover in the background, I think it might be the castle of the film, like Lollybrook There's also many castles in the world. Like maybe we just want it to be that particular castle. Yeah. Yes, but this is like a particular angle. um, (laughs) Picture. So fuzzy when you zoom in. Sounds like you're trying to convince yourself, Summer. (laughs) (laughs) Why are Highland romances so popular? Or, you know, what is it about them that people get drawn to? And Honestly, before Outlander, I really didn't know much about Scotland. I thought Ireland was the place to visit. If anything, if you go to the UK, I, I just didn't see the the draw. Yeah. <laughs> and the more I got exposed to the history and just their traditions as like, you know, talking about their clans. I know today is much different than in the past, but it's very it's so fascinating and just kind of the you know, the political climate that things mm-hmm. were like back in the day between, you know, the English and the British. And it's it's very interesting. Um, but I think that more than anything, it's that Scots are known to have kind of a different kind of, I don't know. Um, Masculinity. Yes. Thank you for that. And it's, it's something that's not very common anymore, I feel like in today's society. And I think people get masculinity really confused with toxic masculinity. Mm-hmm. Um, where to me, I feel like, you know, strength is attractive, but so many times it's misused and that's where people could get the two confused, I think. So they're very masculine. They're very aggressive. Primal almost. No, yeah. I totally get what you're saying. Like, there's something you. very like almost <laughs> feral about yes. the way these like, are anything but refined. <laughs> but at the same time, with that lack of refinement and that masculinity, and I think some of you just used the word feral. I mean, maybe <laughs> I would use the word feral, but whatever it was, their lovemaking, right? I feel like I'm quoting a book right now, and I don't think I've ever said lovemaking in my life. Like, I feel like my mother or like my grandmother. Like, let's just back that one up for a second. <laughs> the way that they romance, that sounds so much better, is with so much tenderness. Really, Summer? Don't give me that look. <laughs> I was on to something for a second. The way that they romance. <laughs> the way that they romance is like with so much integrity, right? Because everything yeah. they do, every action that they make is so family oriented. It's so passionate. Emotional, yeah, and passionate that they are going to bring that same sort of intensity over into their intimate life. Yes. Exactly. Yeah, we're all fanning ourselves over here. <laughs> or at least that's how I feel like it's been portrayed. I'm mm-hmm. sure, you know, in reality, who knows? But <laughs> I feel like these these books, because their their history is so primal and unrefined, like you had said, like you said, it translates a little bit to the other side, like their other, like their romantic life, kind of. Mm-hmm. Uh, that makes any sense. So 
Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. This brings me to one of the questions that I'm so looking forward to hearing everyone's answers. Okay, wait, but before we go into that, I just think it's really funny that the person who edits our podcast, I just realized, is a guy from Scotland. Oh, no. <laughs> he's going oh, no. to listen to this and be like, these bitches are crazy. <laughs> oh, dude, I'm so sorry. We have to start over. I had a glass of wine because I was a little bit tense today, and now I'm like, oh, I'm regretting this so much. <laughs> Oh, okay. Shout out to the person who records this. Brogan, we love you. Brogan, we really do. That's going, I'm anything but primal. And <laughs> oh, we're all individuals. We're just putting our opinions out there. Disclaimer, this is just us fangirling. <laughs> yeah, we're all just confused Americans. <laughs> Kelsey, what was your question? Okay, hold on. You just gotta give me like two seconds here. I'm still thinking about broken. <laughs> this conversation makes me think of a question that I've been so excited to ask you guys, and that is who would you fuck Mary Kill in Outlander? Bridget is a black woman. Okay. If it's all the characters, do we have any do we have any winners? Do we know? I think there's a lot of people I'd kill. Okay. Starting okay. with Jack Randall. Yes. Okay, Sarah, I know that I've stalked your TikTok. Just oh, gosh. To, be, to be honest. So I saw you fangirling over someone who I feel like you could really add into the conversation at this point. About, uh, Daddy Dougal. <laughs> I am talking about Daddy Dougal. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Daddy Dougal, just to like bring it back to my weekly hot. Not that the person who I went on a date with was that old, but like I was getting, Summer's giving me a look. I was getting some Dougal vibes in the best oh. way. In the best way. Lock him down, girl. <laughs> do my best. I do my best. One of my trios of you have to choose between Rupert, Dougal, and Angus. Oh wow! Yeah, but you, I'll let that. You can marinate with that thought, Sarah. Who went out of the whole pool? Who do you have? And Jamie's off limits. Apparently, oh, such a bummer. Dang it. Um. Okay. Well. You totally exposed me with the Dougal thing. So that answer is obvious. And then I'd probably also pick to marry Lord John because he's a nobleman. So mm-hmm. he could, you know, we'd have a nice life. <laughs> and let me think to kill. Yeah, I would. I mean, everyone's choice is probably Blackjack, but you could throw any of the villains in that mix. Yeah. But I feel like it's not fair to leave our boy Murtaugh out of this equation too. I don't really know where he'd fit in. That would, he might be a tie for the marriage thing because honestly, like he's, he's the, the backbone of this damn story. <laughs> Not really. Not really, but he, his character is so sweet and he's so loyal and so faithful and so noble and honorable. Like I feel like he doesn't get enough credit and I'm really glad in the series that he sticks around longer. Yeah. Yes. Like honorable mention, I guess. <laughs> I would want him to be my uncle. Yeah. He could be an in-law, maybe. <laughs> I want him to be there, but not in my marital bed. <laughs> he's <laughs> like that constant. I feel like even though he's a fictional character, you guys probably know this. You have these attachments to fictional characters. I feel like he's like my dad that I never had or something like that. It's very weird to explain, but his character and, and Duncan LaCroix, who plays him, does such an incredible job playing young and old Murtaugh and 
yeah, I'm just always blown away by his performance. He really brings such a good character to life in the series. Yeah, absolutely. I'm pretty sure we were both bawling when Jamie and Myrta see each other for the first time in the colonies. Oh, yeah. Overwhelmed. That, that scene, I want to cry again. <sighs> I was like, there ain't no way. And then it sure <laughs> enough, it was. <laughs> I know, I was like, yeah, get it. <laughs> Amazing. Yes. Okay, out of Rupert, Dougal, Angus. I'm just, I'm speechless. I'm, oh, you got picked? I, I know, I already know. Okay, let's hear it. Mary Dougal. <laughs> Why <laughs> I like, no, just own up to it. Just be F proud. Rupert. <laughs> well, because then, you know, you can keep doing it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to share this podcast that I was on on my social media accounts. Now I don't know if I can. <laughs> <laughs> let's see f rupert and kill angus the poor guy yeah, i wouldn't want yeah. to but that's just the way it, it plays out you know yeah he was a fun character but i know if i have to choose which i do have to choose i think i'd marry rupert though oh yeah it's not a bad choice i feel like i wouldn't mind hanging out with him for the rest of my life it's a loyal choice mm-hmm. an easy choice in that way you know i actually bawled my eyes out when angus died and I mean, I cried when Rupert died, but Angus was so unexpected and I loved his character. He was just goofy. He added that like comic relief usually at, at times where it was always so tense. And as much as he was an annoying, like goofball, mm-hmm. he was so harmless and everyone loved him. And I, I still think about when he died, it just breaks my heart. <laughs> but yeah, so, not in the sexual way. Sorry, Angus. Yeah. <laughs> He was a really good character. And in the book, he was... Do you remember... I think it was maybe Rupert who in the show beat up Jamie Mm -hmm. instead of Leary. Right. Yes. In the book, that character was actually Angus. And Angus was just this kind of great big oaf in the background. Okay. So like the exact opposite of the character in the show, especially in terms of physique and stuff. He was mentioned maybe kind of in the beginning and then not really again mm-hmm. so i was so i was so glad with how they created that character for the show and like you said it added a comic relief to a lot of points which made the show i guess because a lot of the points in the show are so intense especially when it's visual having that comedic relief is probably more needed than it was in the book right so I was interested that he was a he was supposed to be a giant in the book series because like, I remember I read part of the first book and I was like this does not sound like Angus because Angus in the first season anyways like one of his jobs is to follow Claire around and he's got to act nonchalant like he's not watching her and she knows he's following her and he just is so bad at you know acting yeah like, I'm not doing anything here <laughs> so cute okay how about these three. Oh, Brie, Marcelli, we're going to pretend I said that right, and Geneva. Oh, gosh. See, <laughs> this is hard because I feel like Brie and Marcelli, I feel like they're like my sisters almost. Looks <laughs> 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 like I relate to them on that level. Definitely kill Geneva is all I can say. Yeah, out of those three, I think I'd have to agree. Yeah. Okay, but who would you marry? Brie Marcelli. Kind of yeah. I feel like brie because she's she's a tough chick and i really i do admire her character a lot of people kind of drag her for being a brat but i think you know when it comes down to it like 
she's she's Jamie's daughter and she's a tough chick and she's not going to let it break. Nothing's going to break her. I don't think anything's going to break her, but I think perhaps just the way that she is given to us as a character, like I super appreciate her, but she still can just annoy me. (laughs) Even though I'm like, you are Jamie's daughter. You're definitely a badass chick who like I would want as my best friend always backing me up, but Mm -hmm. you still somehow managed to annoy me. (laughs) I don't, I don't quite get it. Like she was raised by Frank. (laughs) That's it. (laughs) I also think that because she's English and she's doing a fake American accent, there is, there's something to like an American where I can't put my finger on it, but I can tell that something's off. Like maybe it's her cadence or her, yeah, like the way she enunciates certain things and the cadence. And I can't put my finger on it, but. I think because something is off there, because it's not her natural accent, it maybe makes what she's saying more annoying. Yeah. I think you guys will hopefully be surprised when you watch season five, how far she's come as an actress and maybe to like the character development of Brie. Hopefully. Yeah. How about this? Galus Duncan, Claire, and Leary. (laughs) that's good I already know (laughs) I mean Leary's dead she's dead that's so quick that's one of the easiest kills Mm -hmm. I can't believe she shot Claire yeah I'm still mad about it and how long ago did I like watch that scene for the first time and I still think about it and I'm like ugh I can't believe you did that (laughs) I mean I can't so like come on I was so pissed that they got married yeah like genuinely made me want to stop reading the book because I was like, she gets what she wanted. Like she wanted that whole time to marry him Mm -hmm. and she got it. And it just, oof, so screams my gears. The sad part was, you know, she didn't even, it wasn't how, I think we've all been where she's at and we've had this like fascination with somebody when we're like 17 years old and we think it would be, you know, that amazing happily ever after. But some of us grow out of it and some of us don't. And I think the people who don't, their lives turn into, you know, trash, just like Leary did. And Murtaugh said it in the first season. He's like, Leary will be a girl until she's 50. She won't grow out of this. And even so, even Mm -hmm. though she got it, like it wasn't, it wasn't fulfilling for anybody because she was still such an immature character. So anyways. Yeah. That's really beautifully said. You have to remember her backstory as much as we just instantly killed her. There's a reason for it. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. I also didn't know until I think you find out in the fifth book, maybe fourth book, you find out somewhere that Jamie didn't know that she was the one who tried to get Claire killed. Mm -hmm. And I don't think I realized that for the longest time. And that's what made me so mad. It was like, mostly I was mad that Leary got to what she wanted, but also I was mad at Jamie. I was like, Mm -hmm. Well, oh, and this you, is another. Oh, so that's good. Well, I was just going to say in the show, anyways, you know, it's Jenny who sees Leary without a husband, really, and Jamie without his family. So she kind of connects them, and she probably doesn't really know a whole lot either. She's like, oh, this might make sense. And she's trying to play a matchmaker. So I feel like without Claire there, no one really knew any better. <laughs> I have a question for you guys. 
I feel like we all kind of picture ourselves somehow like in the story. So obviously Jamie is this character that we all swoon over. Like, do you picture yourself in the story as Claire or as yourself? If you've ever thought about like, you know, I love that question. I totally just picture myself. I don't think I've ever pictured myself as Claire. I've wanted aspects of Claire, yes. but I've never been Claire. I think Claire is written to where if you're a woman, you can somehow identify with her in one mm-hmm. way or another. I think for myself as a woman, like I know that I can be irrational, <laughs> but I also know that I'm not I'm not stupid. I'm not an idiot for wanting the things that I want. I like to think that I, you know, ask for the things that I want in my life and I'm outspoken and I'm not going to stand down. I think her character has made me even more comfortable asking for what I want, but am I Claire? Absolutely not. I I don't think I am, but I'm glad that I see parts of myself in her. And I love that she's written in a way that makes me want to be more like that. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) I didn't mean to go on on a tangent. Like momentarily, like I could say it's beautiful. Like I just, I don't have the words for like, you just, you summed it up so perfectly. And then along with the fact that we have been able to see her grow as a character over how many years, not just over like, maybe like five, six, seven years, like, no, how many years, right? Like, so relate to the fact that like, she used to be one way, but now she's this way. She's growing. Mm -hmm. You need to grow with her. And I love how like, she's got so much wit that she doesn't sacrifice her. Like she's, she's still going to say what she wants to say, but she's not going to give herself away because she's witty and, and she's smart and she can still get her point across. And either make people laugh or, you know, it's, I just love her. I want to be like, like her more every day. (laughs) It's a a love story of the century. It is. It sure and shit is. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) I I might need to cool it on the wine here, but no, it's, it's one of those things that if you, I feel like it gets in your blood and you, I've never stopped thinking of ever since I heard the bagpipes as soon as she went back to the past in in the story it's gotten in my blood and I can't stop thinking about I can't yeah I just can't stop thinking about it I know that you just posted it the sixth season right the sixth season like intro the am I calling it the right thing mm-hmm. yeah yeah that was every time they mix it up right every single season but still in my heart is the very first intro like mm-hmm. that's one that like mm-hmm. nothing is going to ever compare to yeah What did you guys think when you were reading the book? I mean, did you guys know what the plot was about or, you know, that there was this romance between her and and someone from the past? Or I'm interested to hear what you knew before you started reading or watching. I was kind of like you were, somebody had suggested to me, she said that it was so good. You know, they're 900 page books. She's read them all. I'm going to love them. She told me the premise and I was like, okay, kind of like you, like, time travel and i also was kind of picturing like medieval time it's really not that long ago when you think about it no i remember like when i was reading it because i had been picturing like medieval anytime they brought up pistols i was like huh (laughs) but i really have no idea like how consuming it it was and is you were talking about like the song the intro I've listened to that song repeat so many times. I'll like, you know, just do work to it. If I'm like watching the show and taking breaks, I'll just play that like while I'm getting ready for bed after watching the show. I feel very lucky that I got to experience the whole thing from like a very like pure 
perspective, I guess, is how I could put it. Cause no one really told me much about it before I started watching it. So whenever I did start watching it, I, all I could think about was how, geez, I, I wonder how Claire is going to get herself out of this. Like, you know, she went back in time and how is she going to go forward in time? And I, I thought the whole story was going to be about her getting back to her husband. Like that was the ultimate goal. And I kept thinking, who is this dude that keeps popping up? That's like 20 some years old and he's sort of annoying. And it's nice that he looks out for her, but he kind of gets in the way. And Jamie, I had never expected to be a main character in any of and in my wildest imagination. I thought he was just kind of a supporting actor, honestly. <laughs> yeah. I literally tell everybody this whenever they got married on the wedding night, he says, you know, you have my name, my clan, my family, that little spiel that he goes into. I literally like melted into my couch. That was, Mm -hmm. that was it. And I remember thinking, oh shit, he really loves her. He really loves her. And I always say like, it hit me at the same time that it hit Claire, because I had no idea that he actually really loved her until that night. So then I was invested and I'm like, well, yeah. Why would she even try to go back to Frank? Yeah. We don't need him. No, no, no. We don't need him. We need Frank a guy who is the whisper Gaelic words to us. That just oh you God. don't even, I, you don't know what they mean, but you can just feel the emotion behind them. Please. Like can someone whisper Gaelic to me because I think I would probably melt into the floor. Toolbox man needs to get on his Gaelic. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna hit him up. Figure it out. <laughs> Figure it out. <laughs> Honestly, like the the devout like. I don't know what you call it, commitment that he has to her is, I think it's just the way that they were raised, you know, in that time period and in that culture. So it's, yeah, very much, I mean, who doesn't want that? You know what I mean? Yeah. I have a similar experience where on the back of a book, the blurb says something about Claire has to decide between like a love that is so absolute with James Frazier. And in the in the book and in the show, actually, that when he's first introduced, because he has a bouncer on his head, he's Jamie McTavish. Mm-hmm. And I kept going back and forth. And I was like, okay, wait, they didn't say his name is Frazier. And I kept being like, wait, was that the guy who like was on the back of the book? And then I was going back and forth. And I was like, I feel like this is going to be the guy. And I was like, but that's not his name. And, and I think he said that the first time, like he knew he loved her. Uh, she was the one when they had first met basically and he woke up like he came to with her like cutting him out about like getting shot (laughs) there's just so many wonderful miraculous things about this storytelling about i don't know just the passion the romance like all of it put together the adventure yes oh gosh unbeatable yeah absolutely unbeatable yeah I was watching um, Braveheart for the first, I I can't believe I'm admitting this, but I watched Braveheart for the first time last night and some of the scenes and like the music and stuff, um, it reminded me of Outlander. And then I was like, you know, this movie actually came out in 95. The first Outlander book was published in 91. So mm-hmm. I was like, I wonder what drew inspiration from what? And then the show, I wonder, you know, did they draw any inspiration from Braveheart and things like that? So that was kind of interesting to to see. You can get so deep into these things. I love it. Yes, you sure can. (laughs) Before you know it. I'm currently Googling Braveheart. Because all I can think about is from The Office. Michael Scott is like obsessed with 
Maybe it's Die Hard. That seems more on par for Michael Scott. This whole time when you said Braveheart, I was picturing a horse movie. So like, I I obviously haven't seen it. <laughs> so Braveheart is the story of William Wallace. And it's it's way before the Outlander time period. I want to say 1400s. And okay. basically his... No, I feel really bad because I fell asleep watching it. I was so tired, but I had committed to watching it because I was supposed to do a TikTok live talking about after I watched Braveheart. (laughs) It talks about, it's just basically about the Scots rebelling against the English and William Wallace, you know, fighting for freedom. And it's good. And Mel Gibson stars in it. You guys haven't watched Braveheart? I mean, I thought it was weird that I haven't watched Braveheart. I'm still. I thought it was an action, like Mission Impossible movie, until just now. So, like, it's a pretty damn Scottish movie. (laughs) I'm wondering how there's. It's not about a horse. Like, what am I thinking about here? (laughs) Seabiscuits. Probably. It's honestly probably what I'm thinking. (laughs) Uh, So I feel like that's next on the to watch list, especially yes with the tie-in. I'm excited. Okay, so I I can't remember exactly where I I watched you, but basically the King of England, pretty brutal king at the time, you know, William Wallace sees his family slaughtered by the British and, or the English. And basically his, his wife gets killed by British, or I keep saying British. I think English is the better way to say it, English soldiers. And so he leads his clan in a revolt against the people who killed his wife and it starts a big war. And it's, it's funny because they're Scottish, right? So they have this like really hilarious sense of humor and they're like, kiss my ass, literally like they moon the English <laughs> army on the battlefield oh. and stuff like that. Yeah. It's really interesting. And then the King, his daughter-in-law, he like sends his daughter-in-law to try and reason with William Wallace and I think she kind of starts falling for him and like I said I haven't gotten too far in the movie but I didn't watch it because I know there's some torture in it and that kind of bothers me but if I can survive Outlander I can survive anything so (laughs) for real there's a reason why he's definitely all in our kale list yeah (laughs) yeah yeah but um good good movie so far I just need to be able to stay awake and finish it (laughs) yeah on the topic of Jack Randall that I thought was really, really interesting to hear from Diana's point of view. I got her book, How I Write Love Scenes. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like a guide to writing love scenes. Yes. And in it, she says how there has to be a sort of like a sacrifice or something that's st- like, there has to be something given to create that really strong emotional bond. and. She said that, like, of course, she could have written it where Jamie escaped at the last minute and, you know, everybody was safe and happy. But she said that she felt it would be it would cheapen their love story if he didn't give like that ultimate sacrifice. When you watch that scene, when you read it, every time I rewatch the season and I rewatch that episode, every time I like hope and wish and think it's going to end differently, even Mm -hmm. though I know it's not. (laughs) Yeah. So having that perspective of where she wrote it from. I think adds a lot of even more depth to what it already was. Definitely. Yeah. I had heard that the end of season one was really awful. And I think that we, or I did anyways, I thought something bad was going to happen to Claire. When you hear that there's like a really awful traumatic scene, 
I think, you know, that's naturally what people expect. And Mm -hmm. for it to be a male, it's almost, uh, it's not harder, but it's just different because Jamie could defend himself, but he chose not to. And I think you're right. It's, you know, he did it for Claire. He, it doesn't, it's, it's an intense scene. I honestly, like I've only watched it once as many times as I've watched Outlander. It's just so, it tears me apart to watch it. Yeah. It's tough. It's like psychological warfare too. It is a hundred percent. On that lovely positive note. Do you um, guys, I don't know if we should end on that. No, <laughs> I know, I don't think we should. I have a better idea. I have a better idea. Okay. okay. Let's switch gears and just without much of a summary, I want you guys to tell me your most underrated Outlander character. Hmm. Because you were first. Okay. Marsley. That's mine. That's Easy. A good one. She is the badass through and through. She's like, oh, I just kicked this raccoon out and I killed a skunk and I just saved my kid and I'm breastfeeding twice. Like, no, she's <laughs> badass. She's badass through and through. She is a badass. I, I think Marceline too. I I really, really like her character. She's always witty. She's always strong. And she's been that way since she was, what, like 16 when she first married Fergus. And like, she's like, I'm going to marry this guy. Like, yeah, watch me. And she, Mm-hmm. Yeah, she, she was like, "Bye, I'm going on this ship, and I'm marrying him." <laughs> I re- and I also like how her and Claire's relationship evolves. Rupert's character, but he's he's just such a jolly, lovely character. So I guess he's not necessarily underrated. Maybe Ian, but he's not underrated either. Girl, pick one. Pick one. <laughs> okay, quick. Look. In terms of actually underrated, not just people I like, it would be Marsley as well. Okay, Sarah, do you have an answer? Okay, so this he's probably not very underrated in reality, but I I have to go with Murtaugh because I feel like he <laughs> Yeah, sorry. He just adds such a quiet strength to this. I don't know. He I feel like he is one of the reasons that Jamie is the way that he is because he's helped raise Jamie. He knows about Claire, you know, being a time traveler. He he knows her, her secrets. He's so loyal. He doesn't tell people things that he's not supposed to he's i don't know i feel like if i needed anyone to have my back it would be him (laughs) absolutely yeah one of the questions that you had asked is why i started the tiktok account and it was just simply because i wanted to make a funny video to send to some friends that we had been you know outlander pals for a while and the only way i knew how to do it was edit a video and then if you post it it saves to your camera roll. And the only purpose for making this video was to send to my friends. I made the video, posted it. So it would save to my camera roll and then sent it to my friends. And we all had a good laugh. And then a few weeks later, I ended up in my hairdresser's chair and she's like, Oh my gosh, I saw that video that you made. (laughs) And I asked her what she meant. And she's like, yeah, you're, you're Jamie video. And I opened the app and it had like over 30,000 likes. And I had no idea for like two or three weeks that it was blowing up on TikTok. (laughs) It's amazing. So um, I didn't really anticipate ever having like a fan account on Instagram because there's so many. And some of my really good friends have really big fan accounts on there. So I never wanted to like cross lines with them. And also it's, it's just very saturated and so I felt like TikTok, I was like, maybe I could, you know, keep making funny videos and 
there was a lot of people on TikTok. It seemed like that enjoyed them. So yeah, that's how it started over a year ago. And then this summer I had a video that kind of exploded and I'm embarrassed for the reason why it exploded, but it was, it was pretty funny. And the whole idea was like how many shots it would take. Many shots. Yeah. <laughs> that's how I found you. It was so <sighs> funny. Oh my gosh, I saw that ages ago. I didn't even realize, I never made the connection that that was you. That one was so good. You didn't know? I, TikTok's not my strong suit. It's summer strong suit. So no. (laughs) I've unfortunately become like obsessed with TikTok and I am 30 something and a fangirl and that's kind of embarrassing, but. I think we're all better for it though. I've made so many good friends just simply because of Outlander and then the TikTok account, like stuff like this. I'm just so excited that you know, I make fun friends and connections this way. And yeah, I'm very lucky and thankful. So it's been fun, but sometimes I, yeah, I'm like, I, I just hope no one that, you know, I know in real life comes across these TikToks, except my hairdresser. Cause she's cool. <laughs> <laughs> That's so great. I love when accounts or just even just individual videos, when they gain traction for something that is so authentic and like casual, like the funniest videos are usually the ones that somebody filmed of like their kid and they upload it and had had no idea it was about to explode or whatever oh my gosh a hundred percent I saw a video the other day of this couple they were older and they were just like trying to take a video of themselves and it was just windy and nothing was going on they weren't even talking and they were just like trying to take a video of themselves in the wind it had like millions of likes on it (laughs) so sweet we yeah. love being able to relate to things like that, right? Like that's just the most human mundane moment that we can all just be like, mm, we can all get a little trickle, you know? Exactly. exactly. If, if Jamie and Claire time traveled into the 2020s, oh man, that would have been them. Because <laughs> <laughs> I feel like Jamie would be that person that still has a flip phone in, you know, 2021. Like he would be On a hip clip. Yeah. <laughs> What else would be on that hip clip though? Like his Blackberry is pager. Like he'd have something. That's for sure. And like he would not be without his sword or some kind of weapon. Like he he just wouldn't travel anywhere without it. CW yeah. for sure. <laughs> I just see him as that kind of fella. But yeah, that's how that's how the TikTok started. And I've honestly just been having so much fun with it, and I'm thankful. So yeah, it's been a good time. <laughs> That is so great. So what kind of (laughs) books do you write? It's called Stolen at Sea. And it's an enemies to lovers pirate romance. So it's it's like historical. And then I have a book coming out in March that is still in like the 1700s. I ended up writing Stolen at Sea after getting obsessed with black sails. I don't know if you've seen it. It's a pirate show on, I think, stars, but you can like watch it on Hulu. It's super, super good. If you liked Outlander, if you liked Outlander, I know you liked Outlander. <laughs> you, you, would, you would really like it. It's like a pirate historical drama. And I finished it. And I was like, what now am I going to do with my life? I just spent, you know, the last three weeks <laughs> living in this world. So I decided I would just write my own pirate smut. So I did. You did a good job. And, <laughs> yeah. And I was never planning. I initially was never planning on publishing it was supposed to be like my pandemic project and then it just kind of kept spiraling and I eventually published it 
I self-published um, and I have a book coming out in March. Like I said, that is still in that world, but I was watching Spartacus and I got a little obsessed with gladiators and I was like, <laughs> what am I going to do? I have a series set in like the early 1700s, but like I need to write a gladiator romance. <laughs> so I created this island in the Caribbean run by a madman who was also obsessed with ancient Rome and he like kidnaps people and makes them live in his little ancient Rome replica island and battle to the death. <laughs> so <laughs> I like made it work. So what I'm hearing is you're like the JK Rowling and the Diana Gabaldon of 2021. <laughs> like this was just supposed to be a little project and <laughs> you know, like, yeah. both of them are that I mean, you know, Outlander was Diana's like practice book. Nuts. I it is Nuts I was telling my aunt the other day, or like I was reading an Outlander book in front of her. She lives in town and she's like, oh, I have that series, but like you weren't born yet. She was like, oh, I went and got like her autograph one time. And I was like, you what? And I was like, do you know who she is now? And my aunt's like, no. I'm like, well, let me tell you, girl. Let me bring it to speed. (laughs) It's, It's really crazy to think that like I was one when these books came out or the first book came out. Mm-hmm. one years old and here I am 31 spending my life savings I I don't know if I told you guys this I'm gonna go to Seattle this weekend for a fan like convention <laughs> that is so That's fun. so exciting yeah I'm so freaking excited whenever you spend money on things that like genuinely spark joy mm-hmm. feed your passion like that's what gets you through the rest of life that isn't as fun yes Kelsey Wow, that was that was beautiful. You nailed that. <laughs> I, I I did not see this in my future, like to be a thirty-some-year-old fangirl. But <laughs> gotta see where life takes. Yeah, you never know what's gonna happen. Like you posted a random TikTok video, and if you're the fangirl over anything, Outlander is such a ageless story. Mm-hmm. You Were know. you going for timeless or ageless? Kelsey, you tell me. We're going for timeless. Well, but timeless. I, I don't know. I think maybe ageless isn't the worst description because the the fandom ranges from like early 20s up. Like That's there's true. so many people who love the story. Valid. Yeah. Be and, have been, and have been, some people have been fans of this story for like 30 years, you know? It's kind of, kind of boggles your mind <laughs> yeah I feel like the closest I can get to that was like Harry Potter right like Harry Potter came out when we were five eight right. something like that and that's something, and that's something that's never going away because people mm-hmm. like us are introducing it to their kids and it's going to be something that keeps going for generations so just having the like 20 year anniversary of that that is nuts <laughs> yeah. Harry Potter the first book is still almost consistently in the Amazon top 10 Wow! store. Like it is still the most popular book. Like it's not of all time. Like how long ago, what did we say? Like 20 plus years, the mm-hmm. first book was published mm-hmm. and it's still consistently in the top 10, top 20 on Amazon. Wow. Yeah. I feel like, you know, you can talk about, like someone told me, <laughs> they were like, I discovered Outlander because I was watching smutty stuff on the internet and (laughs) (laughs) they were like, 
but something stuck with me. This is different. You know, this is like not just your typical smut. And I feel like what separates it is just there's like this intense, deep connection and love story and people crave it. There's someone here willing to do whatever they have to do something worse than dying for their spouse. And I feel like that's what makes it so intense and personal and, you know, desirable to the audience, I guess. I don't know. It's just, it's different. It's not, it's not like a regular old smut book. Totally. (laughs) It's, It's also, well, I think it was on the back of the book, the first one. It's a, like a love so absolute. And just that like one phrase, I know even me and Kelsey have talked about mm-hmm. how, I, I don't know why, but that one phrase has really stuck with me where it's not a hot and fiery love affair. It's absolute. And like, you feel that in your heart. Yeah. It's just interesting because I feel like a man like Jamie, obviously he's written by a woman, but I think it's cool. Because, <laughs> <laughs> so I've been married for 11 years and I, my husband is amazing, wonderful. Like I feel like I've appreciated him more for some of these qualities because I've seen it in this story now. And I might not have recognized mm-hmm. it before. I don't know. Is, is that stupid or not? But it's kind of cool. No, that's that, that makes a lot of sense. Like you see the personification right. of those characters or those like traits that you can easily pick out from Jamie because it's a book and, you right. know, it's written to highlight certain things, but then that you can also see those in reality with your husband is awesome. Yeah. Do you guys remember that scene where he slept outside of Claire's door? Yes. So it reminded me, like my husband literally did that for me one time when we were in college or he, okay. We weren't at this college, but we went to a college party and we weren't even dating. And I had, I had known him from church. We always say we like met in church, but (laughs) we like kind of hung out at parties and we were at a college (laughs) party and I remember like falling asleep in a bed and waking up and he was laying there on the floor and I was like, Oh no, like what happened? And I texted him the next day. He was like, nothing happened. I just wanted to make sure that, you know, no one hurt you. Cause a lot of people were drinking that night and I wanted to make sure you were safe. And I was like, then I watched, literally you guys, I watched that scene in outlander and I was like, Oh my gosh, I think I might be married to James Fraser. <laughs> Seriously. Oh, his name oh, is <laughs> so cute. Yeah. So amazing to have that person in your life. Yeah. I'm, I'm very lucky and very thankful. And I'm thankful that, you know, being married, you, you get kind of in the mundane and being in a relationship for a while, but it's nice when you get reminded of how lucky you, you are sometimes. And I feel like it also does a good job of letting other people know, like, okay, don't settle for something less than this because that person is out there for you. And if you're not with them yet, you will be. And I don't know, Josh has accepted it. He's like, you're just one of these weird outlander people. I have to get over it. (laughs) My girlfriend, we've been together for six years and she has watched the outlander series with me because I rewatched it. Of course, after I watched it with Kelsey and I watched it with her and I told her, she was like, I told her I was filming a podcast tonight and she's like, what are you, what are you filming? They're like, what's it about? And I was like, Highlander romances, but also mostly just like Outlander TikTok. She's like, there's an account and it called Outlander TikTok. And I was like, mm-hmm. she was just dying. <laughs> Unfortunately, yes. <laughs> no, supportive, spou- 
supportive spouses are aware of that. Exactly. It sure is. I'm like an open book, obviously. I'm sharing yeah. all my all my <laughs> my weekly hots with the internet. Mine are I, usually yeah, Kelsey is just I'm anonymous for a reason. Like there's a reason why you're <laughs> never gonna see my face on any of the accounts. Like I am a teacher. <laughs> I cannot have students figuring it out who are on TikTok. I can't have parents figuring it out. Like, let me tell you about the sexiest guy I hooked up with this week. Like, no. <laughs> I wish there was a way to just automatically block everyone you know in real life because I have literally gone through like hundreds of people to block them from my Instagram and my TikTok account. It sucks. But yeah, being a teacher is my, even different. So my mom gave a copy of my book to our pastor. <laughs> I still can't get over it. I'm going to take that to my grave. Just with humor, like I love you. We summer, had, but your we mother. Had three preemptive conversations that yeah. were like, "Mom, don't give it to everyone at church." Like, <laughs> I appreciate your support, but you know, et cetera, et cetera. Two days later, we literally has had this conversation two days before it released, and she was like, "Yeah, totally." Like, I want to respect your readership and the audience that you're trying to build. Like, absolutely, I want to do what you're comfortable with. I'll respect that. Two days later, I get a picture of her, like, with a selfie of my book in the pastor like, being like, your Hi. book is in the pastor's hand. <laughs> <laughs> That's, like, my worst nightmare is our pastor coming up to me and being like, hey, we need to talk. I found your TikTok account. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yes. Oh, man. That would be yeah. something else. I mean, my husband just found out about my TikTok, like, this year. So it's been very, like, not that I feel like I have to hide it because... I'm not doing anything wrong. I'm just like having fun, but I'm not like proud of it to show my friends and family like, hey, I'm making TikToks about how many shots it would take me to hook up with the outlet. (laughs) 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 Summer, where where can I find your book at? Amazon, Stolen at Sea, Summer O'Toole. And there's a link also in my bio to like everything. Yeah, I I totally get, you know, like not being ashamed but also not wanting people to know <laughs> right it's your exactly. choice like right yeah and I also don't want to like subconsciously censor myself because I'm thinking about like what Nancy down the street is gonna think exactly because um, what cool stuff could you know be created if you didn't just hold back so much I guess is kind of my hey I've seen this I've seen this oh my god it it has totally been like recommended to me somewhere. That's so exciting. Right audience. <laughs> Buy now. Yeah, I'm buying it now. <laughs> <laughs> so it's a short read. So even if you're not a big reader, it's I think like 200 pages. So Okay, order placed. I don't know if you can tell. <laughs> so cool. I'm excited. But yeah, I've, I've seen that cover. Because it's hot. I'd remember. <laughs> Kelsey, do you remember when I sent you the like mock-up and you're like, is he supposed to look like a drowned rat? <laughs> yeah, because he did in the mock-up. I tell you guys what, I don't know how I ended up on Spicy Book Talk because I am not a reader, but the genres that are out there, the tropes, as you call them, that are out there, I'm like, <laughs> aliens and harems like I just my mind has been blown (laughs) expanding it's expanding yes yes listen to episodes that just came out I was one of those people that's like alien smut 
I just don't, I'm open-minded, but I just don't think that's for me. <laughs> Sarah, this was so fun. Thank you. Amazing. Truly Thank so you much. So much for asking me to join you. It's been great to meet you. I, I've had so much fun and yeah, hopefully we can do another podcast or get together at some point in the future. So I <laughs> absolutely scrolling through your TikTok to see how it went when you went to the Outlander thing. Cause I'm for so sure. excited for you. <laughs> so excited. You, yeah. When we like first started brainstorming this podcast, I was like, okay, we have to do Highlander romance. And I was like, Oh my God. What if we had Outlander TikTok girl on here? Yeah. That was like, I was like, Oh my God. I can you even imagine? Oh and then when you said, when you said yes, I like, blasted Kelsey I was like she said yes gosh obviously I would how could I say no oh so nice to meet you Thank you again to Sarah for joining us. We had so much fun. And I just want to let everybody listening know that you can continue the conversation with me and Sarah tonight, January 25th on TikTok at 7.30 Eastern Time, 5.30 Pacific Time. We're going to be jumping on there live. You can find us either at Outlander TikTok or at Summer Tool. Can't wait to see you there. I am a speed reader. To be honest, I forgot that we were having this this Zoom today. For some reason, it just fell off my calendar. And I read a whole book just to, <gasps> like, while I was teaching, just, like, on my cutting lunch break. Like, it's just time to get it done. So that's me. See, you're um, the person I wish I was. I can't. <laughs> I haven't, like I said, I haven't read a book since high school. So we did a 12-hour readathon. And I finished like two books that I was already halfway three quarters of the way through and then got a few chapters into one other. Kelsey read six, six full books. I am very blessed with this genetic talent to be able to work fast. I'm very pleased about it. It's good. I have nothing but respect for people like you. <laughs> Kelsey, you have to give us who we're choosing from. Oh, like, or the male or the female? What do you mean? Do you not, do you not know how to play fuck, Mary kill? No, I guess oh not. You give <laughs> anyone. Okay, so I'm gonna. <laughs> no, I'm gonna give like you give somebody three choices, and of those three choices, they have to. Well, it, it can't just be from like the pool of like all the characters. Yeah, that's because what that's I thought it was. We would all we would all pick Jamie. Like, where's well, the challenge? Okay, okay. I thought it was gonna be like all the characters, except we couldn't pick Jamie because that's just the easiest one for all of them. <laughs> I had no idea that's how this worked. Oh, boy. <laughs> Yikes. I okay. swear we went to, like, we played this game numerous times at camp. And, like, Girl, we went to school. church camp. We went to church camp. When did you think we played this game? Mm-hmm.